Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast here in a rainy night in the RVA. This is Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. How's it going, buddy? Oh, buddy. Uh, it's going, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, what is this, like day 17 of quarantine lockdown? Day 17 um, feels like day 38. Yeah, this is the 6,000th day of March, I think. I, I really honestly believe that, man. But, no, we're, you know, we're going well here. We're staying healthy. Um, my wife tonight made this banging egg casserole dish. She made some homemade bread yesterday. Like, made that the base, then put eggs in it with peppers and sausage and onions and some chi- Oh, dude. Oh, just so money. And she made so much of it. I got some breakfast tomorrow. There you go, man. You know, that sounds real good. But, I mean, you know where I went tonight? Where'd you go? A little Hurley's takeout, man. A little Hurley's curb size. Uh, Chili from Wings. Got the burger. Got some uh, blue cheese tots. Oh, that's money, dude. Chili lime, I'm guessing. Went buffacue because I, I took the burger, so I, I went. Uh, I, I deferred to the wife because she was going to go mostly wings tonight. So went buffacue. I had I had three of the wings and the burger and some tots. Nice. Yep. Uh, all you unmarried guys or guys dating girls, if you do something like that, r- whatever she wants in that case, you let her have. Don't try to enforce <laughs> it, or you will be in the official doghouse. Man, I kind of sit here in the man room tonight, Brian, and I look. And I see the TVs, and they're black, which makes me yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, you you've been here before, man, and like on a Saturday or even like this time of year, it's baseball rocking, and you know, unfortunately, I do like the command center, man. I do like the command center. How to do it? Yeah, <laughs> Saturday afternoon, if the Hokies aren't playing, you're trying to keep the best game on your big TV, and if you only got one TV, you can't do that. So, you know the way this thing was built. So, uh, yeah, guys, we, we don't have like any in-depth topics today. We're going to hit a few things here and there, some, uh, some fun stuff. Um, but we, we're going to lead off with sort of the, the big news of Hokie Nation on uh, the last week, and that's the uh, Trevion Henderson decision. Um, Brian? He is now a Buckeye, ladies and gentlemen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he has committed to the Ohio State University. He is not a Buckeye yet. That, that this is true. That this is true. Still, we 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 have a verbal commitment to the the Ohio State University. Um, <laughs> Brian, uh, just give me your take because you know we both were following as it led up. What 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 was your thoughts when everything broke on uh on Friday night? Well, uh, good old Rivals Mike Farrell owes this one. I think uh, <laughs> maybe two. He, uh, he, he, he's out there getting, getting Hokie Nation's hopes up a little bit, but you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of us had felt like this was probably gonna gonna happen in terms of a big five star recruit, especially one that's you know ranked in some circles as the number one running back in the country. Uh, probably gonna head to one of those blue blood programs. Um, you know, we had hopes of keeping him home, being you know hometown favorite, things like that. But ultimately, it was not in the cards, and you know. I know we've been talking about this a lot. And if we want to start hitting on some of these five-star guys that don't have either legacy ties to Virginia tech or things like that, we're going to have to start winning some more games. That's just, 
you know, the long and short of it. It's true. And I mean, I said a few weeks ago that my expectation was four, four were zero for one. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just, just like the feels. And again, why I felt the opportunity, why we could land him is we don't have that elite stud in the backfield. No disrespect to Keyshawn King or the guys, you know, there right now. But you look at Ohio State just, what, three days prior, and I think me and you talked about it, like Evan Pryor committed out of Charlotte there. It's like, yeah, he's like the number five back in the country. Well, wait a second, this is, this is good for us. This is good for anybody that's in the final race for uh, Henderson. And, uh, you know, you kind of like the visit. It seemed like it went well. And then the video dropped, and we weren't even in there. So, yeah, uh, but you still want to <laughs> that. That rubs some folks the wrong way that that UVA got a mention and we didn't get a mention. So that, I think that rubs some folks the wrong way. I don't think it was meant as a personal jab. I think that was more kind of a there's something else going on um, that that may have attributed to that. But you know, it is what it is, and I think some folks got rubbed the wrong way, especially with some of the hype that was leading up to it with him getting the you know kind of the last official with us. But you know, he didn't even take an official with Ohio State, and they still landed him right after landing another top five in the country running back just a week prior. So yeah, and, and that's that's blue bloods, man. I mean, yeah, they yeah. can sometimes. You again, I, I try to be optimistic and say you look at a guy, hey, you know why go somewhere where you're going to compete now i know those guys they believe in their abilities they have to to be at that kind of level so um you know well most of the guys especially running backs i mean they think one big year is enough for them to get true you know first round second round pick um even with you know the devaluing of the running back at the nfl level i mean if they show out for one big year yeah, you know, that, that that can be enough to be one of those, you know, top five running back that, that usually still gets pulled in the first or second round, so. Yeah, we used to have that. Remember a guy named Ryan Williams and David Wilson <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago? Oh, baby. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. It, ha- it has been a bit. It's been a long time since we have landed, um, you know, David and both Ryan were I mean, they were borderline five-star guys. They were like one top 100 players. They were elite. So, but yeah, and I mean, well, we got to also talk about the fact that the last one we did land wasn't from a state hotbed either. It wasn't an RVA guy. It wasn't a Nova guy. It wasn't a seven five seven guy. He was from from Southside Virginia. (laughs) Danville. I mean, (laughs) it's true. We've had some success with Danville, though. I mean, between the Edmonds and. uh, and David there, obviously, the the, the uh, Pennsylvania County has been good to us recently. Very true. Uh, now, kind of continuing with the Henderson thing, and, uh, and Justin Hamilton's been on fire on Twitter this week, <laughs> the last week. Man, I, he's, he's definitely setting the tone and saying, this is what we are about. This is. And if, and if, and if you're not about it, that's fine. Move on. But if you are, make it be known because we're ready to do some big things exactly and and i'm gonna really gotta love that you do and i mean and he's kind of and it's it's not just to the virginia guys it's to everybody but that first one that went out last week takes loyalty to stay home it takes guts to stay home when leaving has been a trend it takes a legend to put a state in a program on his back create his own definition of a trend that was like whoa um that's a shot across the bow Definitely shot across the bow. Well, and the question is, that was a couple of days prior to the commitment. 
I wonder yeah. if they if he if if Trayvon Henderson made the call and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to Ohio State." Um, the next one was not long after. Do you got that one in front of you, Brian? Or... I don't, That's but okay. I, I mean, I I, I kind of remember it almost verbatim. But I'll, I'll let you ride with you. You got it. We supposed to be upset when we lose out. Kids make choices, so be it. If anything, I respect it. If we're not your number one, make it known, just like you were saying earlier. We'll shoot our shot at the next one. This is us. And if it's not for you or you're not sure, it's okay. And good luck. If it is, why wait? Get in. Let's go. That's the one you were talking about. <laughs> and baby, I got fired up. I got, I got real fired up on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I got real fired up on that one. That That's the one that really said, okay. And and that that's what I'm, that's what we really I think have been missing from a leadership role with the program is somebody that's going to go out there and put their name on it and and let these um, prospects know what we're about and set the tone. Um, you know, somebody that ha- has the, that social media presence that can really convey that message. So I think that's going to be big. I mean, I know. Recruiting battles aren't won and lost on Twitter, but I definitely uh, feel like what JM's doing is definitely moving the needle. Oh, absolutely. And uh, by the way, if, I know you were out running and getting dinner to the last one. And this is one that I think speaks to the roots of this program. Of We are blue collar. We are hardworking. This program has been significant for the last 27 years. Ohio State, places like that have been significant. 70 plus years. Brendan Hill was always trying to make that point, keep people in check. Remember, we are down, we have a 50 year deficit to make up. Yep. Don't look at stars, but today he said it perfectly. It's again, it's why we love him as a coach. And again, I'll read the VT brand is powered by the people, those who built it, those who entrusted with it, and those up next to carry it forward. And then he quotes what's on the hokey stone before they come out for those who have passed, for those to come. It ain't just words on a rock. It's the rock. There's a decline between spectators. Pick us. I mean, dude, I, I get the feeling when I'm reading some of Jay Ham's tweets. I feel like this is what Bud was probably when Jay was playing for him back when we were building that legacy, when me and you were kids watching it in the nineties, I, 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 I don't know. We've, I've met Bud a couple times. I could see a younger Bud being this and maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you didn't see it in print or on, on Twitter cause that didn't exist back then. But I mean, I'm sure that stuff like that is the conversations that were had behind the scenes. Those are the conversations that were had in living rooms or on the telephone. Um, you know, when, when Bud was doing his thing. So um, I definitely think that this is kind of like the, the, the next step in the evolution of what um, that defensive coordinator is going to be for us. And I love what JM's doing, man. It, it's, it's just, it's really speaking to um, just our image and what we've been about and just kind of, kind of evolving it, taking it to that next level. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Jay Ham's just making noise all over the place. The two four seven stuff. You got a chance to read on that. And tell me, when you're reading that and some of the stuff that he's talking about, what are you seeing that we're going to see changing on defense this year? So the big thing that I'm seeing, and, and that we were talking about the uh, just for reference, guys talking about the article on two four seven where Jay Ham was kind of talking a little bit about some of the the 
new things you might see relative to the Bud Foster defense now that he's got the reins. And, you know, what we're not going to see is wholesale changes, um, you know, top to bottom. You know, it's still going to be very much um, a similar style of of defense, but, but there's going to be nuances to it that are completely in 100% uh, Jay Ham and some of the new assistants that we've got on staff now. Um, particularly what I'm looking at is probably big changes in, at the defensive line front with some of the schemes that Tierlink is going to put in. <clears throat> and it's going to flow over to the front seven. You're going to see a lot of you know, showing blitzes pre-snap and then bailing on those. Um, we're we're going to try to do a lot with confusing the offensive line into committing to a man and then having to make another decision on the fly when either the bail happens or when somebody comes from somewhere else that wasn't showing. Now, the other piece, and I, and I see from some of the commitments we have, is I think Jay Ham, and I don't know if it's going to be so much at corner, but I think it's safety and, and nickel. He talks about interchangeable pieces. And from what you're saying about how you have guys moving up to the line, away from the line, bailing, dropping into coverages, He's probably – I think we're going to see prototypical same size, same skill set dies at all three of those positions going forward. I don't think we're going to be looking for like the 5'10 thumper a la Reggie Floyd at Rover anymore. I don't yeah. think we're going to see similar guys at Whip or Nickel anymore. I, I get that feel when he talked about the interchangeable that, you know what, I'm putting eight guys on the line of scrimmage. Like you just said, hey, you make the decision of who's coming and who's not. Hope you don't mess up because we want to pop your quarterback. We want to get him down. We want to make him get happy feet and short on throws. So uh, I love seeing that. I think it, it, what really stinks is not having the spring game where you kind of probably see yeah. some of that. Um, and uh, But at least he, well, he kind of pulled the curtain back a little for us this time. Yeah, from a secondary philosophy, just to build off what you're talking about there, I think we're still going to see a lot of kind of cover three philosophies. But I think, you know, who's going to be the robber um, on on any given um, down is going to change, and it's going to change depending on where the level of the the blitz show is. It's going to depend on who's coming, who's going. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of not only additional pressure, but because of the coverage being disguised pre-snap you're going to see some more turnovers not only because of the quarterback having to make a quicker decision but because of the quarterback not really knowing you know where that secondary player is going to be playing underneath coverage on any given down you're definitely right man by that and again stinks we don't get to see the uh the product on the field but it's nice to kind of get an idea of what potentially could be happening hopefully when we see that liberty game uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, Brian, you just talked about it. Uh, speaking of TNT, Tabitha Tiernick, uh, two of their guys on the Hard Hat series this week. Uh, tell me what you thought about uh, Belmar and Hewitt, man. Belmar and Hewitt, I, you know, I love the way they kind of started off the conversation there. They were really talking about you know, the trench mentality and inside drill and half line and how you've got to really commit to that stuff and and really go into the preparation of it the same way that you would treat a game because you can't just flip a switch and turn that type of stuff on and off that's something that you've got to do every day you got to live it and you know they talked about that a, a good deal um, I love what Belmar was saying about some of the trash talk and 
you know, Hewitt played off of it a little bit, but, you know, Belmar talking about, you know, he, his game kind of feeds off the trash talk. So he, he trash talks to get himself up. And he's like, you know, I, I like getting the other guy up too. I like to go against the best. I like, oh, that that's, that's what I like to hear right there. Somebody that, that wants to get the best from the opponent and still make them pay for it a little bit. Did you watch much of that? I watched a little of it. Um, actually, I watched the whole thing, but I watched it when it first came out, which feels like a month ago now. Um, <laughs> the other the other piece that you kind of feel those guys, they're feeling, um, they're feeling Tilnick's expertise. Like, it's almost yeah. like they're kind of sad they don't get the time with him this spring, but they, I feel like probably through, and I don't know what the coaches can do and whatnot, but you feel like he's getting them some things to look at at tape and stuff where they're kind of like, it's the trust thing, right? They had Charlie for all those years, and this guy's coming up, and he's showing them things, and it's like, whoa, this guy knows what he is doing. Um, now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now they're talking, to- and I, you know, the other thing that he that I, he he talked about, the biggest thing that I was noting on, he's like, you know, he's he's been in the NFL for ten years. He knows, you know, the coaching circle. He knows the scouts. I mean, that's going to pay some dividends when we're talking about. Um, putting some hokey talent in the NFL as well. So, you know, it's not just, oh, we got an NFL guy. Yeah, he's going to be a expertise, um, you know, defensive line coach in terms of knowing, um, you know, what he's doing, how to scheme, um, how to get additional pressure that we haven't been able to get. But it's also that aspect. And, I mean, you can't undersell that aspect because that's a big reason that, you know, uh, prospects commit to these blue blood schools is because of their NFL factory uh, resume. Absolutely. I mean, you can't – again, I'll go back to Travion for a second. I mean, Dobbins is probably going to be a high pick. Zeke there, Carlos Hyde in the league. There's a lot of Ohio State running backs that are there right now. Um, so, yeah, but you're right with Tierney because you get a feeling what's going to happen. For example, Hewitt Belmore, some of these guys graduating this year, if he gives a call up to his buddies in, at the Bills or guys he's coached with saying, hey, take a shot on this guy. And you see them get drafted where they like, wait a second, he got drafted. Why did he get drafted? And then some kid at, you know, spring games talking to him, hey, you know, congratulations, you got drafted. But what happened? Oh, Coach Tierney called the Denver Broncos D-line coach and said I'd be a good fit. And they took me there. So, yeah, you're 100% right about that. Um, now, the, uh, the other guy. It seems like there's already these guys are already just they know everything about Cap and you feel it just just going so much on them. What did you think about how they talked about Daryl Cap? Yeah, the biggest thing, and I mean, we noticed because because we talked about him being at the at the spring game and stuff the times we went before he he was on the staff, but talking about how they always you know they were seeing him around campus you know before he got the job you know last couple of years so. Um, you know, this isn't just something that, you know, Tap took the opportunity to go back to his alma mater. I mean, this is a guy that has always wanted to be around the program, be keyed in. And, you know, they talked about, you know, his drive, how he is at practice, how he's pushing them. But he also talks about how he's pushing them to watch film, pushing them to get better every day. And, I mean, that that's what we knew we were going to get from Tap. He's intense, but he's intense in a productive way. And he he's gonna get them, I think, motivated to just get after it and get better every day. And that that's 
what they're talking about, and I'm I'm hoping we start seeing some of those results. Oh, absolutely, the and they also what they say he had the cleats and the spikes on out there while they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said he could still he could still get it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, also, Tap is now he's becoming the official spokesman. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tap can sell anything, man. You know, going through the video the other day, it was like him, like, like again, it's a, it's, it's, it's a coach, it's a recruiting pitch. But since it's kind of he's not recruiting one specific person, even it's during the dead time, what they can't say anything about it. So it's kind of a sneaky way to get around to say you get a feeling probably some of these kids might have got wind of this video before. Um, us public did so, but also the new <laughs> facilities, man. I mean, that's gosh, that they look awesome. Can't wait to see. Yeah, the, go get yourself a sandwich. Cannot wait to see the finished product. <laughs> um, now there was one other um part hat series with the two specialists, uh, Oscar Bradburn, best punter in the country, and Brian Johnson, yes, the guy who has really come on, especially last year. Um. But listening to those guys talk, Brian, and, and again, you played, and I don't know how it was, you know, 15 years ago when, you know, you were at the collegiate level. But those guys, they talked every time it seemed more and more like we don't want to be known as specialists. When we go out there and hit these workouts, we want to be football players. And it seemed like that was something – I feel like that's a culture thing. Like, yeah, you're a kicker, but you know what? Ball out as hard as you can on some of these drills. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of like a like a football football work like workout nerd thing to say and I love it because um I was definitely like a gym rat with with that. You know, even though I played a uh you know, every down offensive position, you know, I'm always out there trying to beat the guy next to me and I love that he was talking about trying to uh you know, when when Wyatt Teller was there, <laughs> uh Oscar talking about trying to, you know, power clean more than him. He's like I didn't I never got there, but um you know, Oscar, you know, talk, joked about his dad bod as well. So, you know, that's another thing here. But um, what I dug is like hearing kickers talk about yeah. their craft and like kind of the nuances that I think a lot of people either take for granted or just don't pick up on. Like, you know, you see a 50 yard punt and you think that's good. But if it didn't go where where coach wanted it to go, you know, Oscar's getting an earful when he comes off to the sideline. And that that was an interesting take, too, and something that. You know, if you're not paying attention to, you might be like, "Oh, okay." Well, well, Johnson was similar, talking about like making a kick and just sneaking it through the left side. And he goes back to the sideline, and Shabbos is like giving him the look, like down the middle, not on the left side. It, it was, it's like one of those things. Those guys aim to be perfect, and Shabbos seems like he aims to be perfect, which is no. They know if they don't like. I have a feeling that 54 yard at the belt bowl that did go dead center. Yeah. I don't think James Chavez jumped on Brian Johnson and Oscar for that one. He probably gave him a big hug, but you feel <laughs> like he's holding them accountable for it. So it's pretty great. Um, hold them accountable. And I, I love that, uh, you know, Oscar throwing it over to Brian about um, when talking about, he feels like, you know, Brian's got such a harder job than, uh, than he does even relative to uh, Chavez's uh, expectations, just because from a fan perspective, you know, he was talking about, you know, you go out and nail three fifty yarders, but you missed a forty yarder and you know, people are gonna give you crap. And he's like, If I if I shank a thirty five yard punt, but I kick three or four fifties, nobody's gonna say anything to me at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, and that, that that's a big thing to think about from a uh, specialist. Oh yeah, man. Now right before we uh started uh 
doing the uh, recording the podcast, we got to commit Will Johnson, safety up out of Maryland. Um, yes, sir. Brian, I know you, you, you jumped pretty quick to look at his tape. Oh, where's this guy going to play, man? I think he's going to be a whip whip for us probably like like we said we're going to be a little more flexible with that position I think but um, you know I think he's definitely going to step in behind Shamari Connor and be, kind of be that guy that's going to get groomed for the future to take over that role um, you know I do think we're going to be a little more flexible with how we um, deploy that position um, but I think that's where he's going to line up this guy's 6'2 200 pounds coach's um, son ta- coach's son tackles like a, a linebacker would you say thump um, please He's a thumper. He's a thumper. He does like to hit. Um, two of the more impressive things is when he got in the box, read where the play was going real fast, played over the top of the guard, got in the backfield, made a play, and played just before that. He was playing center field and broke before the uh, quarterback even let go of the ball and delivered a big hit on the uh, wide receiver just as the ball arrived. So those two stood out for me. Um, you know, not – fleet of foot in terms of straight line speed but really quick and fast and makes really good instinctive decisions. That makes me understand why you say he's going to be nickel whip, being a little closer to the line. Um, I, I'm, I'm still figuring out how this kid's a three star. He won defensive player of the year up in his league that includes the Matha. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's not a three star. I, I, I think, you, you're playing in that league with the math in some of those schools and your defensive player of the year, not your senior year, your junior year. I think somebody maybe he was undersized and maybe he was like five ten last year when they rated him and now he's got the spurt and he's got the, the weight on him. Where's Brendan Hill? Stars don't matter. It's true. <laughs> we need to bring Brendan Brendan in sometimes so he can tell us that fifty times. Um also, man, this week I'm sure you've noticed our players may not be uh on campus in the weight room, but these guys, oh my gosh. They are all over the place working out. I mean, I, I mean, there were you had Trey Turner and Devin Hunter. Looks like they were in maybe their dad's garages with some crazy setups, doing some wild exercises and some uh, workouts, man. So just grinding it out. Uh, who else did you catch? Um, I caught the uh, the Hollyfield brothers getting in. Um, I'm not sure if it was a private facility or something, but they were they were getting some ladder drills on. Um, working that agility. Um, the one that cracked me up the most, um, Austin Cannon. Um, he got bored, so he was pushing yeah. it forward. That's definitely a country song that's going to come yeah. out later. Dude, Austin's up from Mechanicsville. Uh, the next time you see like a a, a, bay, a a maroon expedition, you should look around and be like, is is he pushing it again? Cause is, it, is that Austin? Is that that's Austin. Austin. <laughs> he's just pushing it. He's just pushing it. Uh, I saw um, Terrell Smith and the Zero Peoples uh, inside. It looks like their apartment there in Blacksburg working out. Um, uh, Keyshawn Artis. Did you see? I, I didn't see this until today. This from like four days ago. Dude, they were like taking medicine balls. And like they're on the volleyball court in the sand in their shorts and no shirts, like launching the medicine balls over the net at each other, catching it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? And then, uh, and then Kendall Fuller, I think you see posted the uh, the comeback. It's like this is how we really do it. But the ball kept coming to Kendall. I think he was getting a little arm tired at the <laughs> end there. He's like, I'm gonna throw this to the other side. Get this thing away from me. So it's it's awesome <laughs> to see those kids doing that. And then um, Coach Fu comes out of hibernation. Um, and throws out a tweet not only of what we saw, but then it looks like, I mean, it felt like it felt like more than half the team he got had some sort of video he put together. 
showing all of them doing all sorts of things. Um, I, I made the joke with you earlier today. Uh, pretty sure he is one man and he has a wife and three girls. I'm pretty sure he probably just went a little insane and just said, you know what, give me the phone. I'm going to start tweeting things. And <laughs> <laughs> He definitely, he set a record. He's like two tweets in one day. I think that's, a record. that's the most I've seen from food. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got to ask, man, since we're seeing all this home gymming and, uh, you know, people pushing forwards, um, world's strongest man style, what have you been doing to uh, stay in shape in this, you know, lockdown since we're both working? Um, well, here's the bad thing. We started out, we actually were doing pretty good, uh, you know, working out here with my wife, doing stuff like that. The first week we did a couple of them and we hit it pretty hard. So we we're pretty sore. But since then, I'm I'm doing um, some things out with some West Coast people. So my day is jacked, dude. I'm getting up at 630 because that's what time the little one wakes up. And I'm not really getting off till almost 630 at night. I'm not working a full 12 hours, but. Once I'm up, I can't. You were on. You were on for. 12 I was on hours. for twelve. You might not hours. be working it. You might not be punching the yeah, clock. I'm on. But you were so on I, I've really not done much. I mean, I will say this: I've uh, chasing the boys around is a good exercise. Pushing them up and down the hill, um, with the little one up and down the hill on his stuff, and then I did some uh, air rating, which I'm gonna tell you: you, you push on a 175 pound aerator for a couple hours, you get a good workout in. So. <laughs> Nothing official. What about you? You you set up something there at the house? Uh, I'm doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of cardio, a little bit of uh, outdoor work with the sun, running around playing tag. You know, that's 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 cardio as it well. Is. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we got a trampoline in the back, so I've been I've been hitting that up a little bit. But I mean, I need to probably do more because you know I've been out of the gym for about going three plus weeks now so i'm missing it big time um i was i was starting to get i what i wasn't quite at squad 600 levels yet <laughs> but but i was i was back in uh i was back in solid form you know benching and squad and power cleaning so i'm i'm kind of sad i'm lo- i'm losing some of that but it is what it is gotta gotta do what's best for everybody exactly stay home Work from home. Don't go anywhere. Lock it down. Um, now it's kind of funny because the topic we're talking about today, the the one we we sort of uh, we sort of promoted. Now we want to tell everybody we are switching it up. We're not going to do our first game experiences because if we did that today, we would have a ninety minute broadcast, and our wives would be like, "What the hell." <laughs> Are you going to spend any time with me today? You're going to spend time with uh, Brian and Curtis. Um, but we were, you were, Brian made the point of, dude, our kids right now, they're home. So they're playing, they're doing some schoolwork, but you can't expect a seven-year-old and a three-year-old, because our kids are basically the same age, to do homework all day. They're yeah. watching all sorts of stuff. They're the lucky kids. They got on demand. They've got the apps. <laughs> and Brian brought up this They got everything, man. They got like, good you know, Lord. Disney Plus is, no. is the go-to. They got Netflix, YouTube Kids. I mean, but you brought up a great thing when we were kids this age, you know, and it was summertime or spring break. What did we watch? And oh man, it was pretty awesome. And I'll be honest, one of the first thing I remember watching, and it was like I think it started. It was nine noon, Monday through Friday, USA. 
American Gladiator. Dun, 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 dun. Even though if you saw the episodes the same thing 17 times, it was still awesome. Um, okay, let's do this. Uh, love to watch it. Would watch it all morning. What was your favorite event? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the joust. The joust. All right. Yeah. What, what about um, you? I mean, I, I like the joust. Although, you know, sometimes you would look at the size of the guy playing like a guy like Laser. <laughs> you would just be like, this guy doesn't have any chance against him. No, remember Laser. If Laser got beat, Laser would pull you off and just get the DQ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was definitely a little dirty. Um, but personally, my favorite, um, Assault. Assault, oh, yes. I, 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 it, because it was one of those, it was like, you know, A, it involved having things thrown at you, but you have the opportunity to fight back. Like, okay, I got to get to the first station. And I don't know, that one is always just just a lot of, it was like a fun event. So when it came up, it was like, ooh, I got to watch this. Can this guy get close and, you know, at least make break the finish line? And then you'd see some of them. And it would it'd be kind of cringeful. Don't get me wrong, taking a joust to the head hurts. But you see some of those yeah. guys like take the tennis ball right off the ribs and you're like, Oh, that hurts. Maybe like Yeah, the uh, the other one I like is uh, breakthrough and conquer. I mean that that's a that's a football and wrestling so, dream right there. So. It's basically an Oklahoma drill trying to get past somebody. <laughs> it's like that's all we're doing. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do Oklahoma and then you gotta, you know, push a big dude out of yeah. the ring. Jeez Louise. But yeah, that was awesome. Um, I know the one you so ESPN had a bunch of good stuff ESPN, back then too. I ESPN mean, used to be ESPN kind of lame now in a lot of places, but I mean, so the big the biggest one re airs of uh, World's Strongest. Man. Oh yes, the ones from like the the eighties with like uh, like Bill Casimir and just yeah. Then then later uh, Magnus from Magnus. Magnuson. God, it's just funny. Like you remember those names, and it's like, what did those guys do? They just lifted really heavy things, and it was just unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah. The kids today don't understand the ESPN that we grew up with, and it's oh my yeah. god, like all these all they see now is talking heads yelling. I know, at each where other. it used to be, you wake up if you woke up at six o'clock, Sports Center, Sports Center till what one? It, yeah. And the best part about that, you could like go look at other programs, play video games, do tons of other stuff, and uh, I'll catch the next 15 minutes when I come back. <laughs> if it was summertime, you know, you flip back. All right, I, I want to see um, all the all the good home runs from the day. So I'm going to tune in and watch Griffey and Bonds. Yeah. I'm out. Then I'm going to flip back to something else. Exactly. Now, I know the one that you're the most in love with was um, – the NFL lineman challenge. Yes. Yes. So that was one of my favorites to watch. Um, they'd show the re-airs all through the summer and stuff. And, you know, early on in the run of that, you know, Warren Sapp would dominate, occasionally Strahan would break through. And then late in the run, I think Jason Taylor won like three years in a row or something just before they stopped doing it. Um, just because, you know, he was the fastest <laughs> lineman they had. Plus he was strong enough to not be, um, you know, deficient at the bench press and stuff like that. So that was always fun to watch, though, because yeah, you know, I, I love seeing linemen show off their athleticism because they don't, you know, they don't. That doesn't really always get highlighted when you watch um, 
you know, NFL highlights or um, watching the game. They don't talk about it as much. So it always, I always liked watching uh, some of the linemen show out their athletic skills. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It was always fun to watch them. And like, it, it, it made you talk about Jason Taylor. I can remember him winning it. And you would just look and be like, he's, he was like six, five, like two seventy. He was so fast and he was so strong. And I mean, it's a reason he's a hall of famer. It's kind of like Sap. Sap was like what, six, three, three fifteen. And there, there was no reason for a man that big no. to move that quick. <laughs> You know, it also made you think, like, if I ever, like, ran into him and he made me mad, I would just, just keep walking. Because yeah. even if I got him in the face one good time, he would track me down and kill me. So, yeah. Um, what other shows, Brian? <laughs> what other shows did you like? As a- All right. So, during the day, I mean, there's it doesn't get better than the PR, the Price is oh, Right. Oh, game shows. Bob Barker. Oh, gosh, Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! The Price is Right, Bob Barker. Uh, you ever feel like you're a genius when you like got like three or four things right on that show? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was never as good as Barney Stinson, but I mean, occasionally I could get one or right. two. Well, what else? The other game show, like oh, oh, dude, this is my personal favorite. I know these were reruns from like the '70s and the mid '80s, but the the hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah, Love yeah, it. that was big. Um, match match game. game, yeah. Oh, press your luck. Yes, no sir. Whammy, no whammy. Yes, sir. Big bucks, no whammies. The other one that I I think a very vastly underrated game show of our childhood, Alex Trebek Classic Concentration. Oh, man. You, you threw it back like that. I mean, because <laughs> one, it was always on TV, and two, I had the computer game from old Tandy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Reference. <laughs> there will be some in our audience if they are under the age of uh what the hell is a tandy? <laughs> hell's a tandy. <laughs> but I had but that game was so much fun because you could like see things again, it was the same way being a kid. It's like, oh, that's that. And it's like, dude, what are you? And these adults are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um but no. Man, but, but, um, but the Godfather is the price of right with Bob, the beauties, the cool showcases. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, all sorts. Get your pets spayed and neutered right at the end. You always got to get that in. Everybody. Plus, I think the other part of those shows, and you think about all of them, they had awesome theme songs. All oh, of yeah. them had awesome oh, yeah. theme songs. You know. I, and the best call ever. Come on come down. This is Rod Roddy. <laughs> There you go. Oh man. Go. Um and anybody that has to stay at, at mama's house or grandma's house knows about you know somewhere around noon, one PM, we're gonna be watching the story. Yep. <laughs> Everybody had to watch melodrama to the extreme. And you know, at some point every dude gotta admit it, they probably got into a storyline for a bit. Oh no, hundred percent, man. <laughs> There's no way, like, as a young adolescent, you know, between the ages of, like, 10 and 14, you know, like, hey, kind of get onto it. And, and you know, some of the women on the show were attractive. And you're like, oh, wow, yeah. Next thing you know, you're, like, knee-deep into a story. Hold on, Grandma. What is going on here? Explain. <laughs> Run it back. I missed yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Mom made me cut the grass. Gosh. <laughs> But yeah, all those things as kids, it's kind of funny. We get to see our kids do something similar really up close um, with what's going on now. And uh, 
Now, of course, they don't have the shows because, again, they're so lucky. They have video games. They have iPads. They have on-demand television. Or you could be like me that I'm, I'm making my kid watch classic Pete and Pete because Pete and Pete's awesome. Dude, my kid's into Phineas and Ferb now, which I can admit I have set for. Dude, Phineas and Ferb. Is lit. <laughs> What's that um, time? And I know this is this is a older show for us because that show came out. What we were probably in our mid twenties. I'm like sitting there watching it, yeah. like this is a pretty cool little show. That's the show that I would have definitely watched when I was a kid and thought like this 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 show is awesome. Nice. <laughs> well, um, guys, we, the, the the Twitter poll is going to be fun this week. Um, we just gave a bunch of the cool things, but of the favorite weekday sports programming from our time as a kid, because it's our poll. <laughs> Boom. American Gladiators. Deal with it. <laughs> American Gladiators, World's Strongest Man, Price is Right, or do a write-in. If there's something out there we missed, by all means, jog, jog our memories. It's been a long time since we did this. Um yeah, we'll we'll throw something else as a as a vote, and if you vote that, throw us a comment. Let us know what it is. We want to hear what y'all y'all used to watch back when you were kids, because because we know you did. Um, Brian, did we miss anything? No additional commitment since we've been sitting here for the last thirty five plus minutes. I haven't got a ping that says anything big time has happened, so I think we're good to go for now, man. Well, that is awesome. Hopefully, this. Uh, the Johnson commitment will uh, maybe maybe will rain down a few more guys, uh, given the Hokie Nation verbal commitment, make us happy during this time because uh, it would be nice. I'm gonna say this: need that big mo, big mo. Let's get some exactly. mo. Exactly. So for the Boundary Corner Podcast, I am Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian And Siegel. as always, we let Jason Long play us out. Catch him on Spotify, Apple Music. We thank you guys for listening. Subscribe on any of the formats you listen to. Follow us on Twitter. And as always, let's go. Hokies.